Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. We're continuing our celebration of the love of reading and writing from National Book Lovers Day on August 9th through National Authors Day on November 1st. Today, it is my privilege to present my conversation with Sharon Swirzel. Sharon is a fourth-generation Floridian who grew up in Tampa, where she was able to run around barefoot, play on the nearby beaches, camp in parks and national forests before the modern-day camping and RV revolution. And she participated in the Girl Scouts. She earned her Bachelor's of Science and Master of Science degrees at Florida State University. She taught chemistry at a local high school in Tallahassee, Florida, and in the freshman program at Florida State. Along the way, Sharon found a summer job in the library at Florida State University and started off in a new direction earning a Master's of Science degree in Library Science at San Jose State University. Later, she's worked at several well-known university libraries, including Cornell University, Stanford University, Ohio State University, and, of course, Florida State University. In over 40 years in academic libraries, she's proud of her opportunity to teach, help create an online catalog, beta test science databases, see the growth of electronic journals and books, help design a library renovation, help move to libraries, and be part of building a library. Sharon's interest in ethnic dance enabled her to perform with four different dance groups and teach hula and exercise classes at various locations around Tallahassee. An avid reader since childhood, Sharon has read mostly fiction, but also on the topic of business and psychology, and is now exploring her growing interest in Florida history. Welcome, Sharon. We can definitely conclude that you know a lot about books and reading. Tell us what books should be on everyone's bookshelf. That's a very interesting question. It depends on where you're coming from. I have not a clue. (laughs) All right. For me, it would be my whole collection, as I have gone through, uh, you need those basic books that show you what is around you in your life, your bird books, your tree books, your natural resources books. You need, of course, the family Bible, 
that is always a given in most families. And if you have one that's been passed down, that's even better. Uh, you also need any fiction that you have enjoyed reading so that you can pass that on to someone else so that then to get their reading interest going. Well, Sharon, yes. tell me this. What's the last book you read? I am working on one whose title is just The Gulf by E.B. White. It is a history of the Gulf of Mexico from the time that the continents grew apart and became real continents, the land mass became real continents, and, and filled up the basin that we know now as the Gulf of Mexico, following it through the history of who was exploring the environs of the Gulf of Mexico and all of our coastlines. And it's one of the best histories I have seen of our Florida West Coast and who explored it and who was living there. So that's the last one I have read. Well, since the United States have so many states that borders or go along the Gulf, why is it do they keep the name the Gulf of Mexico? Because Mexico also borders it, and it was an original <laughs> name. I don't know how the name came to be. It was probably named by one of the Spanish explorers, and it depended on who was redrawing the maps. We have to remember that maps were very different over time. And whoever, and I, I'm trying to remember what that was the book uh, Gulf said, but I believe that was how it came to be. It was by one of the Mexi uh, Spanish explorers. So the moral here, even though it's a nonfiction book, is whoever arrives first, first gets, gets the, the name. name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sharon, you also have a strong interest in hula dancing and other activities, I guess I could say, from the Pacific. And can you share most can you share with us about that? Because I have seen you give classes and teach about history and the different movements and the articles of costuming and things like that. Share that with us. Hula is more than just the dance. We know it as the dance because that's what we see in the popular culture that we hear about Hawaii and the Polynesia, other Polynesian islands. However, it is uh, an in-depth view of the Polynesian culture. It is the storylines. They did not have a written his, uh, history. They did everything was verbal, as it was passed down from generation to generation. Dance grew into part of that as the movements of the dance uh, told a story. So that is part of it. Their instruments were whatever they could use to make drums or whistles or flutes, such as using bamboo and cutting holes in it to make flutes or cutting, uh, taking a tree and carving it out and making it a drum with a head made by a shark skin. Costuming uh, was their local flora at the time. They used bark to make tapa, to pound it into cloth and take pieces and glue, 
pound it together to make large pieces of cloth for blankets, for coverings, for wraps. And it wasn't until the missionaries brought uh, cloth over that they really moved into having clothing that was made out of cloth as we know it today. So it's not it's costuming to us, but it's their clothing. Well, so. when we think hula dance, or I'll, I'll say when mm-hmm. some people think of hula dancing, the first thing comes to mind are really thin young women wearing minimal tops and grass skirts. But as you say, the missionaries brought cloth with them, Mm -hmm. and that changed the style. Are the styles different between island and island nations out in the Pacific? Yes, they are. Uh, Sometimes the music can be very similar because just over years, traveling back and forth, they've shared cultures. But the original islanders didn't necessarily... Uh, wear clothing in the way we would uh, talk about clothing today. Uh, So costuming changed that way. The picture that you see of minimal tops and everything was probably true when some of the explorers first found the islands, but mostly that was uh, put out by the films that came out of uh, Hollywood as they popularized the concept of the islands and hula dance. So they put people in grass skirts, minimal tops, cellophane skirts, and sent them off to dance. Uh, Well, I've seen (laughs) you dance, and I've attended your classes. Full disclosure, Sharon taught classes, (laughs) and I was in them. But what sparked your interest in hula to begin with? I was looking for another dance form. Uh, I've always been interested in dance since a child. And a friend who was 20 years older than I, which made her about 60, 65 at the time, found uh, our local dance teacher uh, starting a dance class. And she said, Sharon, you have to come. So I was dragged to my first class, and I never left. And that was back in 1993-94. It is a lot of fun. So listeners out there, if you have a chance to experience a hula dance class, go for it. There are other styles similar to hula, which we refer to here as Tahitian style. And can you explain maybe a little difference in the storytelling of hula versus the Frenetic movement (laughs) of Tahitian. Hula is telling the story, the traditional hula, is telling the story that's being passed down uh, from a poem, uh, history, the family. Tahitian, as it is experienced by most people, is the phrenic movement of just dancing to the drums. And it's passed on uh, through, again, families and classes and so forth. But they also have a different uh, type of dance form called Aurora 
which is not the phrenic part, which is very much similar to some of the slower dancing that you see in hula, which is also telling stories. When you dance hula, Sharon, do you prefer dancing alone or do you prefer dancing in a group so it's a shared experience? I like the shared experience, I think, better. Seeing everyone talking the story the same way. It is, it's just a very different type of thing. You see a lot of um, individuals out on stages and everything, but the dance dances very, very differently when you've got a group. And um, I just, I prefer that. It's pretty either way. Yes, it is. I prefer the group because many times I don't remember the story. (laughs) So I need somebody to cue me and I will follow along. Okay, switching gears a little bit. The best thing about being a milestone diva, which you've heard about, Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. Cup of Glow podcast, we embrace being milestone divas. The best thing about being a milestone diva is the appreciation of celebrating another birthday each year. On this podcast, we always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays with our listeners by offering a fun story or fun birthday trivia. Today, I'm going to ask you, Sharon, (laughs) to offer a fun or interesting story about one of your birthdays as an adult. Probably is one that happened about 15 years ago or so when I had one of the milestone uh, birthdays. And I was fortunate enough to have a large group of people having a picnic in my uh, home where I had few people who were close to me from every portion of my life, my dancing, my work, my re- Uh, not quite retirement at the time, and my family. And it was just nice to see all of these different types of people from different walks of life working, you know, talking together and uh, just partying together, just having a chance to get to know each other. And that, to me, was the fun thing. That sounds so toasty. (laughs) I like Toasty fun times with other people. It's just great. Well, Sharon, we've heard about your current reading, the book about the Gulf, the Gulf of Mexico. (laughs) And we've heard a lot about hula dancing and your interest in that Pacific form of Mm -hmm. living or lifestyle. Tell us about any other hobbies or interests that you have that would be of interest to women in your age category. But right now, I'm just going to go with over 50. I'll just go back to, I know this is one that uh, a lot of people do, is I enjoy sewing. And uh, mostly I'm doing costuming sewing now, although I used to do more and owe you some things. and. So that's one of my basic ones. Of course, I read. I also like getting out and doing different kinds of things, like today, being here, something that's a little out of my comfort zone sometimes. And I think that that's something we need to do. 
if we don't get out and do a few things that may be a little different than what we usually do, then I think we become stagnant. We don't grow. We don't continue to have interest and expand our interest levels. Absolutely. Trying something new is terrific because it stretches us. Mm -hmm. Whether we end up being good at it or not, like hula dancing for me, I'm horrible. If anyone is ever in Tallahassee, Florida, and there's a community event and you see a group of women hula dancing, you may find me in the back row because I'm horrible. <laughs> but it's so much fun, and the group hasn't kicked me out yet. So I Never. will continue. To... <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. I will continue to show up and give it my best shot. But that was totally out of my comfort zone, completely. Mm -hmm. I can't even, yes. words cannot tell you how far out of my comfort zone. But it's still a lot of fun. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, then, Sharon, we'll call this a day. I do appreciate you being here. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for, for having me. You, no problem. I enjoyed it. I learned a little bit more about your reading style and the things you enjoy reading and learning more about the Gulf. Yes, indeed. I appreciated that. Thank you so much for sharing hula dancing and your experience with the audience. Thank you. Bye. Bye. At the Cup of Low podcast, we advocate for embracing every day as a new day, birthdays included. Today's program was brought to you by Replay Fitness, Inc., helping women age 50 and older to find their power. When we can find that state of being within ourselves that manifests confidence, boldness, enthusiasm, playfulness, and wisdom, then we found our power which is ours and only ours to use and share as only we can. To learn more about Replay Fitness Inc., please visit replayfitnessinc.com. If you've already subscribed to the podcast, thank you. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe so you will be notified when new episodes have been posted. Until next time, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva. It's about a decade and not a day. <laughs>